0: We'll do our, do our best. Do you want to play like for the next 28 minutes? No, I'm, can we put our hands together for Ollie? Thank you. Yeah. I, I would love him to. Um, just uh, as a reminder, we have our Easter service on Sunday at 10 a.m., not 30, 10 a.m. And uh, on Easter Sunday, we'll have communion together as a family. Amen. So um, today, it'll be interesting, and I'll, I'll just pray that God will lead me. Um, I've had some really interesting conversations of late, uh, just with different people in relation to Christianity, you know, just our faith, the, the crux of our faith. And for me, when we're talking about Good Friday, it is totally a good, good Friday. The cross is really the, the crux of our faith. If we, if we don't ever get past the cross, we never walk into our full inheritance as sons and daughters of God. We have to accept everything that God's done. And it's been an unusual conversation with different people of late, because you can find stuff all over the, you know, different theology, you know, theological blogs where people are suggesting all sorts of things that um, hell's not real. Uh, for me, separation from God for eternity, you know, uh, is real. That, that's a real thing. And so how hell looks, you can draw any sort of picture you like from the word, but if I'm eternally separated from God whether it's a burning lake of fire, whether it's sitting on a chair in a park, if I'm internally separated from God, I think that's pretty hellish. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think the reality of that needs to drive us on a day like today, Good Friday. The truth, the extent of the sacrifice that, that God made needs to be so real in our hearts that it propels us every day. And as a church, for us here as a family, we have over the many years now, really concentrated on what it looks like this side of the cross. What's it like to walk as a son and daughter of God, seated in heavenly places? What's it really like to be an ambassador? Not a sinner saved by grace, but a sinner, yes, that is now saved by grace, that's a son, that has the propensity to sin because we live in a fallen flesh. But I'm a son first, I'm a sinner second, on this side of the cross, from my point of view, Yeah. So today I just want to have a look at some of the stuff because I think we talk about it here often, the oxymorons of faith, you know, the stuff that seem like opposites. And, and Easter has to be one of the greatest oxymorons of the Christian faith. You know, life is birth the death, you know. There's no resurrection unless there's a burial. Yeah. Um, those things really make no sense at all for our... Our way of thinking, the way that we think as humans, as humanity, yeah, in our finite minds. But today we come together so we can, we can celebrate, but so that we can remember the awful yet wonderful thing that is Good Friday, that is the crucifixion, amen? So I, I think what all of this and what, where I want to go today requires a bit of an open heart. And I think our hearts are opened in a couple of different ways and we'll get there in a minute. So let's pray. Let's, let's believe that the Holy Spirit will go where we want to go so that when we leave, we have a good picture, a great understanding, something that has so embraced all of our being so we can understand the extent of today but walk out with this hope of tomorrow, yeah? Because there is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday, amen. So, Father, we do pray that you would (laughs) lead the words, that, Lord, regardless of what I've written, what I've planned, I pray, God, that they'll be your plans and your steps and your words. And, Lord God, if there's things that I have here that you don't want spoken, I'm quite happy to forget them. Actually, I forget lots of things. So, Lord, that won't be too hard for you to lead me down that road. But I pray, God, that we would walk away from today inspired, feeling loved by a living God that's real in our lives every day. So we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. And everybody said, Amen. Now, in life today, just in general, in community, with, you know, the, I guess the, the, the more pronounced need that there is for counsellors and psychologists, there is a real need for us to be open, honest and vulnerable people in life to have hearts that are open, ready to be who we truly are. We could get hurt, but have hearts that are open so we can fully embrace all that life has and all that God has for us. Now, here's a thought. How do we open our heart? How do we, how do we actually, as people, open our heart? Now, because of the world that we live in, the reality is generally slowly. We open our hearts slowly. You know, We're cautious. We don't, we don't want to be hurt. No one wants to be hurt. If I was to ask the question, who here has ever been hurt, I would imagine that all of us, even our children, if they stop to think the times that we've disappointed, it could say, oh, yeah, I've been hurt, you know. I really trusted you for that, Dad. I can't believe you shared it with Mum. Oh, but it was such a good story, you know. (laughs) The other way that our hearts are open is often by circumstance. They're broken open by circumstance, you know. And I think for us to fully walk in the reality that is coming of Easter Sunday, the resurrection, we need to totally embrace all that Jesus went through on the cross for us. We have to fully understand the cross. We need to fully embrace all that Jesus did on Good Friday. See, for all of us that are here today, I want to suggest today, this is where Father God, this is where Papa actually pries open our heart. This is where he opens our heart for him. Yeah. Good Friday... We were sharing as we were praying up here earlier. Good Friday, is, for us, is the beginning of mercy. Yeah. It's not the beginning of God's mercy. You can have a look at God's mercy all the way through, the Old Testament all the way through to maps. God's mercy has always been there. But for us that have come to a knowledge of Christ, Good Friday seems to be the beginning of mercy because Christ took upon himself that which we deserved. And mercy is us not receiving what we do deserve. Yeah. 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 And so I want to unpack that because... Again, theology, talking about our God being a good, good father. How can a good father punish his children? Well, God's also just. He's also holy. He's also pure. You know, there are things that God has ordained. He is sovereign. It doesn't change. Just because now we're capturing the essence of his love doesn't mean that we, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. There still needs to be an understanding of God and why he went to this extent. Yeah, Because it is such a big thing. So when we completely grab hold of the cross, what, what happened on that day, what Jesus did for us, I believe it actually break, break opens our heart. I was sharing with Hilary earlier that it's actually a point in time in our faith and in history that opens our heart so much, it actually is the pinnacle point that propels us forward every single day. Because no matter what we go through, Mel said it really well, just as she was speaking earlier, when we wake up, we're met by love. When we're going through the most difficult times in our life, confusion, doubt, family, friends, work, we just need to stop and remember, Good Friday, remember what was done on the cross, just to realign, yeah, so we can take off again. And, and I don't believe you can look at the crucifixion without having an experience of compassion, because that breaks open our heart, yeah? And only a heart that's been broken open, I think, can fully appreciate what actually transpires on Easter Sunday, the resurrection. So you and I, we can't have Easter without Good Friday. Yeah? We just can't happen. I understand that in the supermarkets, it really doesn't matter. You're a day after Christmas, hot cross buns are, buns are out. Not bums. Oh, we edit that. <laughs> Yeah, that's just like don't even want to picture that. We can't have the resurrection without death. Yeah, Um, we can't receive grace without first receiving mercy. You know, you you can't live and receive what we don't deserve if first we haven't not received what we did deserve. Yeah, mercy. So why did Jesus have to die? Let's paint a really quick picture. It's a very good question. Anyone ever ask that? Why did Jesus die? I wonder, what, really, why did he have to die? There's a sense out there at the moment. I'm going to say out there. Yeah, you can take it or leave it. I just, I've been doing a lot of reading lately and just pondering, the ponderings of people. And it's really easy for me to become discouraged because I think they're taking away the very essence and power of what is the greatest work of mercy and grace that ever existed. Yeah. And Father God did something so phenomenal over that Easter period that to ask, sometimes to ask, why, why did Jesus die? Why did God do it? Why couldn't he find another way? I think we slip into this stream where we start to place our thoughts, our ideas, our heart, our perception of things on the way that God would do it. Because we would never kill one of our children to save our other children. And I know that God himself didn't kill his son. It was angry men and women who hung him on a cross. But our father, our loving father, our good, good father predetermined that. Yeah. It was predetermined before time. When we start to think that there could be another way to have invited us back into right relationship with God, I think we're now starting to question everything about who God is. As awful as this day was, there wasn't another way. You know, the issue for us Christians is our salvation and our relationship with Papa hinges on the work that was done over these days. Yeah we can't accept the cross we can't step into the resurrected life we would never be a new creation we're stuck in sin and no sin can go before the presence of god we need to capture everything that these three days are you know for you and i before we can come to grips with anything god does especially what he did today on good friday we have to under understand and accept that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts aren't our thoughts is that okay I just need to put it out there. I'm tired of everyone putting their thoughts and their opinions and all of their wonderful study of counselling and psychology and psychiatry and saying, God, this is what you're like. You have no idea what he's like. He's bigger than your thoughts. His thoughts are not yours. Yeah? The way that he would raise your children might actually be a little bit different to the way that we're raising them because we're raising them the way we think he would, but his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. He is God, the creator of everything. Why do we sometimes fall into the hole of suggesting that, hey, there's another way? There's part of Christendom out there that's saying there was another way. Really? Really? What a waste of life then! If there was another way, we should dial up God now. Has anyone got their phone on them? Let's just ring him and let him know that hey, there are some great people out there that have discovered there was another way. You didn't have to let your son go to the cross. There was another way to bring us back into relate. What a load of hogwash, for me, yeah. You know, if I'm offending anyone, I apologise. I would have offended you some way by saying I don't like tea. No one should drink tea. Everyone should drink coffee anyway. I would have offended you eventually. It might as well be around this stuff. His ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 50, five eight says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he does is good. All the time. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he does is good. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he does is good. There is no other way because he's God. And if there was another way, he would have chosen another way, but somehow he saw that way as perfect and good. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Deuteronomy 32 4 says, He's the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. How can a loving God, how can a loving God have a place where people are eternally separated from him, tormented? All these ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright, and just is he. I figure we can get a sharpie out and just rule it out across the page. Problem is, most Bible pages are really thin and it'll take off what's on the other side. You know, Even a highlighter bleeds through the paper, doesn't it? It's so hard. I remember there was one time, it's really funny, um, it's got nothing to do with my message, but I just thought of it. Mel bought me a Bible. And I was so stoked that she had bought me this Bible. And um, I'm sure it was Mel. If it wasn't Mel, I apologize in advance. I'm believing it was you. Anyway, she bought me this Bible and it didn't have red letter text. Because you can buy Bibles that are just all black. Or you can buy Bibles where the words of Jesus are in red letter text. So It just makes it really hard. If you just want to read really quickly but you don't have time, you turn to the red letter text because at least I'll see what Jesus said. You know, this is really cool. So I've got this Bible, no red letter text. So, I started highlighting and it was bleeding through the pages. So, I went out and bought a fluorescent pencil. I got, I got through the whole book of Matthew, yeah? I got into Matthew, Mark, yeah, after Mark. I had to think in my head, yeah, chronologically, let's just work it out. No, it's not even that. Anyway, I get halfway through Mark and it's like, that's it. I can't do it because I was there, had a ruler out. I'm highlighting because I didn't have red letter text. And then I felt guilty because I was so disappointed by the gift, I had to go and ask for forgiveness. So, if you ever buy someone a Bible, don't be cheap. Buy them a Bible with red letter text because it saves them anguish, you know? We really digress. Go back to my message quick. So he's he's the rock, his works are perfect, all his ways are just. That needs to be our foundation for understanding the cross. That needs to be our foundation for everything that he's done. And if that's our foundation, then the plan of salvation, the plan that Papa designed, including the death of his son, is perfect. Good Friday is perfect. Good Friday is his justice for the world. Yeah? It is. His ways, God does no wrong, upright and just is he. Not a single one of us, no genius on the other side of the planet, no one up in stars and lights that people know. No one could come up with a better way to bring us back into right relationship with him. But him, yeah. Not one of us. We can ponder as much as we like. But this was his perfect, just way. That's what he chose. You know, why did Jesus have to die? God's the source of light. He is light. In him there is no darkness, it says in 1 John 1. But God's opposite is Satan. And and the enemy, and the enemy's kingdom is darkness, not light. And the enemy's kingdom is is sin. Sin is anything that goes against God's will. Anything. To commit sin is to go astray. It's to disobey his will. Um, It's... It's the sin or the stuff that, that causes you when you make a decision to go opposite to God that separates you from him. Yeah. So when, when the enemy, when Satan managed to trick Adam and Eve to disobey God, sin entered their nature. It entered them. That's where it entered the world. Why did Jesus have to die? Because sin had entered the world. And through entering the world through Adam and Eve, every living thing was affected, including us. But we've done no wrong. We haven't done anything wrong. We were just, it's like, we're good people. Yes, you are. But all of that, it's not about the things that you're doing. It's about the sin, that sin in our flesh, that's in our body, the propensity to choose to do something that's opposite of what God's will is. It's not about what you've done. It's about what's in you. That causes you to possibly do something that's against His will. That's what separates you from God. Sin had entered the world, and now the world was cursed, and that sin entered Adam and Eve's nature, was passed on to all of us. So at that point, you and I, we became sinners. At that point, we became sinners, not because you went and sinned. Yeah? We need to have an understanding of the gospel we need to have an understanding of what's going on in the scheme of things yeah so this sin in the flesh is not guilt for committed sins for the stuff we do but what it is it's a desire to do our own will to do what we want instead of what god wants yeah and if that's the road that we walk down for example when we're tempted that we commit that sin That's the stuff that separates us from God. That's the stuff that robs us of the relationship that he'd always intended for us, yeah? See, to sin is to intentionally do something that you know goes against what God wants for you. You know, it's when we're tempted by our lusts and our desires. It's when we're tempted by those things, the things that are in us, and then we decide to act on them, knowing that Father God doesn't doesn't like it. Oh, but that's not me. James 1, 14 to 14. This is all of us, 14 to 15. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. But each person, not some people, not the person on your left, not your wife, not your husband, not your child, not that neighbour that you wished would just sell their house and move away. Not even that person. Each person. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Why would anyone sin? Why would they do that if it separates you from God? It's really simple. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a time. But it leads to death. That means the stuff that you can choose to do is fun. It's like, it's fun. When you're wiser and more mature and you have an understanding of faith in God, you can look at that fun and think, oh, I don't think that's good for me. I think I'm going to go around and sleep with every person in my four years of university. Woohoo! Every movie we watch has got that running all the way through it. Yeah. For those that are doing that, if you ask them, they're having fun. Now, down the track, as you get closer to 50, you look back and think, well, that was stupid. You do stuff enough that goes against the grain and the will of God. It's pleasurable for a time, but it leads to death. I'm not here to pick on actions. That was just a really easy one, you know. So, what did God do? He lays out this path to help people, He gives them laws. He gives them laws so they know His will. Problem is, all of us are weak. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel were weak. They failed over and over and over and over again, didn't they? None of us, I think, have ever managed to keep pure pure from sin. In fact, many of us probably still struggle today at times if we're to be open, honest and transparent, yeah? What I'm trying to say is all of us are guilty. All people are guilty. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. All sinned. I guess that's why Paul in Romans 7 says, you know, I want to do stuff, but the stuff that I want to do, I can't do, because he's got these desires that are leading him astray, and he doesn't really want to do those things. But the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, my goodness! Isn't that what it says? If you keep reading, he goes, thank God for Jesus! Yeah? Amen. Totally. Easter Sunday's coming. But the reality of what God did on the cross is because of the struggle that we have. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. yeah, Not just bad people, good people. Because generally we have perceptions of what's right and wrong. Yeah. See, before Jesus died, in the Old Testament, the temple, the, the symbolic house of God on earth, there was a large, thick veil that hung... In front of what they called the Holy of Holies or the holiest of holies. Yeah. And people were only allowed there, priests were only allowed there once a year because that veil represented the sin in the flesh that separated people from God. Anyone passing that veil would die instantly. <laughs> How cool is that? Hey, kids, why don't you peek behind the curtain? <laughs> no one ever said no. Because no sin could stand in the presence of God and sin was in our flesh. And the once a year that they had permission, the priest would go, but he was decked out. He couldn't even have a, a crease on his clothing. He would have bells on his outfit. So if the bells stopped ringing, they knew he dropped dead and they could drag him out. True, read your Bible. But the story of Good Friday is a story of mercy. There's forgiveness through sacrifice. God in his long suffering gave us a chance. It, originally, it was sacrificing animals without blem- blemish that people could get forgiveness. Yeah, They would sacrifice animal upon animal upon animal because life was in the blood to get atonement, the carrying the blood of the sacrifice. The atonement came for the, for the people through the spilling of blood, innocent sacrifice, blood. God wanted blood. I don't know why he wanted blood. I've got no idea. But I said at the beginning, and the reason that I said it was to say, hey, his ways are just. They're perfect. Why are we trying to second guess what he wants? To find a better way. We're not him. His ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to accept God for who he is. God, our Messiah, our Lord, our Master, our King, but also our Father, our Brother, our Friend. Yeah? Leviticus 17, 11 says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I've given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Hebrews 9, 2, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. He, God, wanted blood. Praise God for Jesus. Praise God for his plan. I love the fact that all of that stuff, Matthew 5 tells us that Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So in dying on that cross, that predetermined death that God had ordained, the shedding of his blood, cleansed us of our sin, the sin that's in our flesh. Where are you going here? This is really depressing, Good Friday message. The truth is the blood of animals couldn't take away the root cause, the sin in our human nature. They just couldn't. And the problem being they would come and at different times of the year, mainly once a year, but at different times of the year, they would sacrifice animal upon animal upon animal for their sin. But then they would go away and they would continue to sin. So what would happen? Every year they would come back and 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 they would sacrifice and they would sacrifice and they would sacrifice and they would sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. It was a never-ending story. In fact, that story is so never-ending, it's worse than the movie. You can find all of that in Hebrews 10 if you want to read it. I don't have time to go there today. But God hate. I really believe God hated that. He hated how that was panning out. His heart was always for relationship with us. His heart is to have the communion with, with people and to save us. He looked for someone that could lead people out of that circle of sin and forgiveness. But he couldn't find anyone that was blameless. Just was never able to find anyone that could stand in the gap between him and us. There was no one that could do that. So God sent his son to carry out the greatest work in history. Yeah? The greatest work in history. Ezekiel 22.30 says, I looked for someone among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap of the half of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. Isaiah 63.5, I was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So I myself stepped in to save them with my strong arm and my wrath sustained me. A loving God has wrath? Oh, that's a whole other story. Let's not go there today. John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus was the Son of God, but he willingly emptied himself. Yeah, He emptied himself and became the Son of Man. He was a human being in every sense of the word. He suffered the same and went through the same temptations that we face and we go through. I love Philippians 2, 6 and 8. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death. On a cross, yes, Jesus died. No, he didn't stay in death, didn't hold him prisoner. He went there so we wouldn't have to. He went there to get children out, yeah? He was also born of God's spirit. and It was that spirit, that same spirit that bec- that's coming on Easter Sunday through the resurrection that lives in you and I that have said yes to Jesus. It was that spirit that gave him the strength to carry out the task that he was sent for. He had to die for us on our behalf. He was and is the only acceptable sacrifice that could deal with sin once and for all. Amen? Like, that's really good. That should be worth celebrating. So, why did he die for us? I'm going to finish up with two videos. I wanted to, I, I really wanted to place a little bit of a foundation. Sorry I've wasted some of my time on that. Because so many of us don't actually understand why God did what he did. And because of the world that we live in, because even here in our church, we often say, hey, we can point you to Jesus, but sometimes you need someone to help you in a marriage. Why don't you see a counsellor? Christian counsellor would be great. Oh, you've got, help. You've got a, an issue with that. Why don't you see someone that can... We always are looking for people that can help us. And then all of a sudden, we take on the perspective that, oh, well, I think there could have been a better way. It's not about that. This was the only way. Why don't we watch, the, watch this clip? Because this is the mercy that we receive amen not the adults right the other one sweetly broken into... that's all right it's all good this is what christ did for us That I probably should have mentioned for the children, it's not PG. Um, I can't watch that without it breaking open my heart. But having my heart totally broken open by what happened on Good Friday means that when Easter Sunday comes, what He has planned for us comes, I am ready to totally, totally, totally receive all that He has. One John says He's the the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the entire world. It was a deliberate plan of God that a blameless Jesus would um, would do that. He died so we didn't have to. He died so we could receive mercy. He died so we wouldn't receive what we did deserve. And in God's eyes, whether we understand it or not, because of sin that into the world. That's what we did deserve. And I'm going to play one short video and that's it. Because I need to give you some hope to leave. No, no, it's nothing like that one. Some of you are like traumatized. Oh my goodness. But can I, I, I need to be able to say that when it comes to my faith, I can only speak for me. Yeah. I have no choice. Having captured. The reality of what God did for me, I have no choice but to love him and to serve him and to walk with him and to raise my children, to get to know him. I have no choice. How can I make a choice after that? I understand why Paul says I'm a slave, I'm a prisoner. Not because he's, he's chained, because that just opens and rends your heart. And it's like, oh, I'm yours forever if you're going to do that. But it lends itself to this. It's because of that that we can experience this. Thank you, Hillary.
1: I've been caught outright and dragged straight into open daylight. Bystanders gawking, the village women absorbing every morsel of gossip. Common decency dictated that the shame of the moment was enough. But the law called for something greater. My life. Of course, a long audience followed behind. Don't think I didn't recognize a couple of them. Their words condemned me, but they didn't dare look me in the eye. I did everything to try to cover my shame that I couldn't hide from the onlookers or this holy man whose feet they threw me to. I was finished. I stared at the ground when he said that whoever was sinless they should go first. They should throw the first stone. I squeezed my eyes shut grasping at the gravel, waiting for the end of my life to unfold. Nothing, though. Then footsteps. Except they were walking away. I looked up. Is there no one left to accuse you, he asked me. No. I don't either. He said, go and sin no more. Accusers, that's how he ended up on the cross. And as he hung there dying, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it, it is finished. That's something different. That's a different thing. It means that Something is accomplished, restored. He restored my hope, my self-respect and my dignity. I didn't even know I had any left. (laughs) On a day when I thought that my life was finished, the only man there holy enough to demand justice Handed me mercy.
0: Good Friday is the day that you and I are now able to receive mercy, amen? Like, that's why it's a good, good Friday. Because of the awful price that was paid for us to be able to stand like that. So there aren't any accusers anymore. Because he's done the work for us on that cross. I reckon that's pretty good. I reckon we should stand. I understand that for some of you, that first video has um, rocked your world a bit. But you know what? A picture like that will keep you loving Jesus and walking and working for him for eternity. Because yeah, that's the reality of it. That's a picture we should never ever water down. Amen? Amen. If everyone just wants to close their eyes just for a minute, that'd be great. Is Ollie here? Do you want to just jump on the keys for a second because I've got to wrap it up. I've gone over. There wasn't a second miracle today. I apologise. I don't know everybody here and I really don't know everybody's walk here. But I just want to give people an opportunity. You know, If you're not walking with Jesus, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, everything about this day, Good Friday was so that you could step now back into a relationship with a loving God that wants to pour out His mercy, His grace, and His love into your life. So if you'd like to know that God, I encourage you to see me after the service. But if that's you, if you're in this place right now, I just want to give you an opportunity without any eyes peering or looking. I just want to give you an opportunity to say yes. If you would like to have a relationship with that God, knowing that you're, you don't have one or knowing that your relationship with Him is not what it could be, then He wants to give you that opportunity. I'm just going to ask you, just at the count of three, to show, just to put your hand up so I can see it and put it back down. And if you'd like to talk to me, by all means. But if that's you, if you want to have that relationship with that loving God, just on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's cool. Huh. Father, I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die an excruciating death so that we could have life and have it to the full. I thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed, God, because it's in that blood that we've now found life. It's, it's through that sacrifice that we now stand having your mercy poured out upon us, having taken the price paid the price and taken the penalty of our sin. Lord, we say thank you. We thank you for this good, good day, this good, good Friday, as horrific as it is, but as joyful, Lord, as it is at the same breath, the oxymoron of our faith. Lord, we just say thank you. We thank you for what's coming Easter Sunday. Lord, this is just the beginning of your goodness, your greatness, your love with the mercy that you've poured out. (laughs) So Father, Lord, together we say thank you. Together we embrace you. Together we embrace each other. Father, together we walk into tomorrow full of knowledge, knowing that you did what was best for us, what was always best for us. Because your ways are perfect and they're good and you're just. So, Father, we thank you for Good Friday. We thank you for this day. And everyone in the house said, Amen. Have a wonderful day. Stay and have some coffee.